Okay. Uh, the red light is a little bit <laughs> like it's not quite black light in the seventies kind of deal. Ew. But it's close. Yeah. I just you know, it's fun. <laughs> That's what we do. It can be thought of as fun. Um You're gonna be fun Michael now? <laughs> I wanna be the fun Michael. <laughs> no. I can't believe it. speaking of which, we're not the fun gym. No. This was made apparent. Um. Thanks, Berkey, Ooh, for coming point. out here. Um, I have this question that I'm trying to answer, and so we've recorded a couple different things trying to get to it. We'll probably release it, but nothing is hit. Basically, if I talk to Mark about fitness, the whole thing like it'll derail somewhere. <laughs> and I think he thinks it's my fault, but I really think it's Mark's fault. <laughs> so this is this is testing a theory that it's Mark's yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is. What is the space program? What is the space program? And to be honest, there's really no answer. Because um, people ask, and you're like, eh, it's exercises. It's some training ideas, some concepts. And all of that is true, but it doesn't quite grasp what it is. And I've been trying since we've started the thing. It's been, what has it been? It's been a year and a half? Um, Month 18, yeah. I think, is what we're on. Year and a half. Okay. 18 months and I still couldn't tell somebody what it is. I know that it's useful and it's become more useful than I thought it was ever going to be. So the, the, the original intent of, of creating a program was actually in response to what I think shitty programs are or, or how boring training is. Um, like every coach that I know, you're like, how are you training? They're like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like I just do some stuff mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, that's how I feel. And you're like, why not do like one of these progressions? Why not do one of these things that gets you from a to B? And you're like, eventually that is actually what wears me out a little bit. Right. Like, that idea that I have to like progress something. I know I need to exercise. I know I need to like train and do something for my brain, but I also probably have no need to like improve my one rep max back squat at this point. I think that's an interesting point too, with the progression is like when you've done it enough times, progressing a thing is not a new thing. Like it's, it's in itself, it's boring and it's rote in its sense. Like, Oh no, I know how to get my back squat bigger. Mm -hmm. I also know how I'm going to (laughs) feel in doing it in sacrificing other things in order to get it go up. And it's just like, okay, I can do it faster this time maybe mm-hmm. like oh I'll, I'll just progress it for four weeks instead of six weeks or eight weeks right. and it's like oh that's just gonna feel worse and then also um it's like okay now my back squat is 450 instead of 405 yeah which like, that would be phenomenal and then just like oh yeah 410 instead of 405 yeah yeah just like it's, cool everything hurts that <laughs> That was that was six weeks of you know four weeks of dedicated effort and it just like that wasn't interesting it wasn't mm-hmm. new it didn't make me passionate about training again it caused it, no introspection uh, there, there was nothing to think about mm-hmm. and that there was like 
when you think about a progressive program for somebody you in some case if you're going to coach somebody through that and it's written for them you really don't want them to think mm -hmm. right there there's this point and this is kind of where i think the program was inspired by in the conversations i was having with people you know george being one of them right. who's writing for softlead uh casey parlett keegan was there and we we're kind of just joking about all of the programs and mm -hmm. i think we we're talking about matt frazier's program Right. And I was like, that sounds fucking miserable. Aside from the idea, I was like, I kind of want to see what he likes. Right. He likes imams and he likes it. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense because he needs to make it interesting for himself because he's largely coaching himself with mm. input from probably other coaches or whatever. Right. And I was like, you know what? I would want a program. I just want a program that was the only basis was to keep me... Um, captivated mm. like something that kept me interested in doing what i was doing and in order to do that i was like you couldn't you couldn't say i'm going from a to b because that's not interesting right right you're you get tunnel vision and you answer no questions well, i think the hard part too is from someone who's never done it before it is interesting mm -hmm. and the first few times that you go from a to b it's exciting and it's new and it's and then it's essentially the same as us driving to work where it's just like like I turn my brain off and then I'm there. That's exactly what I think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this road so well that I can't even remember doing it every day. Right. Like when you're doing exercise in the form of like a, a program and you're like, I don't even remember what day I did the six by eight. I just know it was kind of shitty and I was really bored with it mm -hmm. or whatever. And that, so that, that became the premise. It was actually kind of off of a joke. I was like, I bet it would be, probably wildly and phenomenally interesting to people who actually not i don't give a shit about athletes mm -hmm. right like they either know what they're doing or they're going to find the person that can tell them how to do it right i know that's a big thing in in coaching is like people man if i could just like coach this person and get my name known or and i think that's the part that they hide is like well i want to do this because i want I want notoriety for the thing that I've done. Right. And because I can't be an athlete myself, um, I want to prove that I know the system well enough that I can get somebody else to be an athlete. Fair enough. Like that, I'm not talking badly about, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's probably overrated is right. what I'll say as neutral as possible. <laughs> um, but it's actually fairly boring to coach athletes. The higher the level of the athlete, the more boring it is, mm -hmm. right? You're just like, okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. And then mostly talking to them about what's getting in the way of their training. Right. Because most people know they just need to do the hard thing or the thing that's missing or the thing that they don't want to do. And so the, the guy who always does endurance stuff knows that if he's getting ready to compete, he needs to do the short, hard stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're just there to basically hold their hand and tell them that it's okay to hurt. Yeah. And also like how to recover, all that kind of stuff. That goes away fairly quickly. Where this came into line, where I was thinking about a program and I had no idea what I would do it as, is like, I'm really interested in talking to other coaches who have trained for longer than 10 years that still train every day, mm -hmm. that are still, like they still like training. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? Like, how are they thinking about training? And what I found is like the smarter the coach the more disillusioned they were with training, mm -hmm. the more they just kind of fall into this trap. Like it's almost like your intelligence makes you realize how infinitely, you know, meaningless all of this stuff is. Right. So you tend to just go, oh, I guess I got to do it. It's not interesting anymore, but you know, you have to facilitate a bare minimum of it. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's like the golden retrievers of the coaching world who are just like, oh, great to be here. I love training. I love every day. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't identify with them either. Right. Uh, Go get that stick. (laughs) Like you just keep throwing it over and over again. There's somewhere in between where I'm like, man, I have, I have the tendency to just go, what the fuck is the point? But Mm -hmm. I'm also superficial enough to know that, man, if I get weak and like complacent enough, I'm just like an average shitty person. Right. And I don't want to do that. So how do I keep myself interested in a program? And then it led to a discussion about, well, what what does a program like that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it was like, oh, I would just like, you know, I experiment almost every day. Right. I sit down where I'm like, okay, I have an hour. Um, what do I, what do I want to do is always the first thing, mm-hmm. not what I need. I know what I need to do. Right. But how I need to do it is kind of more important. Mm-hmm. I know I need to do mobility and strength work and all this, like whatever. Um, how I can get myself to do it is the question. It's like, I still remember something that we talked about a long time ago and your comment of the best advice, uh, for training was to be curious Mm. and that, that breaking down into having your day of training, it's like, okay, what do I want to do? And then I'll also think about what do I need to do? Mm. And then it's like, how can I bridge the gap between what I need to do and how can I make it into something I want to do? How can I make it interesting enough to be engaging? Because only if it's engaging, am I going to go hard enough to create meaningful change? If it's, if it's just there, then there's going to be part of me that's like, okay, what's the bare minimum that I can get away with doing? Mm -hmm. And that's not who I want to be as a person. And so why would every day I'd set aside an hour to do the bare minimum? Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, there's some things that you just have to do. Like I have to do my taxes, but yep. like, like I don't, I spend as little time with it as I can get away with. And so yeah. with training, it's just like, I don't want to have that, that feeling. Like I love what I do. It's exciting. And I've been doing it for 2008. Yeah. So 14 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's still wildly exciting and interesting to me. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not, I don't want to ruin that. And so like the day I dread going to the gym and training, like there's something seriously wrong. And so, um, the space program has been super interesting to me because it's not just like it's seeing other people and other coaches and how they approach it. Mm -hmm. It's seeing people it's practicing for myself being able to explain what I want and seeing people like read what I wrote and then do it differently. And just be like, that wasn't what I wanted. And it's like, okay, how could I do better explaining? Yeah. Um, and so like, I mean, from a very selfish point of view, it's a really great practice. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I mean, my time is limited. Like I run, you know, even if there's a, uh, if I come up with a, a system or a workout or mm-hmm. some structure that I find really fascinating, if I run all my people through it, that's like 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a very small amount of experiences where I, can be, I think this works mm. for this group of people that I've already edited and that already know me and trust me and like, yeah there's a lot of baggage essentially or like it might work because of all this other stuff that's working. And so this is also a neat way to put an idea out there and be like, Hey, play with it and, and bring it back and tell me what you learned from it. Yeah. That, that, and that is, uh, I think that's, what's also kept me interested Mm -hmm. because I'll look at what somebody else does. And if sometimes it can be an obvious thing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, There's like a, there's a couple athletes or whatever that I think do fun things. Right. 
Um, and I'll look at what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, that looks fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I got to try it. Or I really like that, but I already know what that feels like. What if I did this instead? I think that question is is interesting and in seeing the people who would watch, who would see a workout or a movement or some weird time structure and the immediate response is, I wonder what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I have to go do it. <laughs> Even if it's just like, that looks awful, but like... <sighs> You know, it's it's when someone eats a hot pepper and is like, this is so hot. And you're like, oh, let me taste it. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I just want a little bit. Like, I know that it's terrible, but I want, I don't want to know it through hearing you talk about it. I want to know yeah. it through feeling it. Um, and I think that that's a super interesting aspect of like the space program. And in a sense, the idea of it mm-hmm. is, like, I mean, what was it? Make training interesting again. But yeah. also like. Like that that's a good enough reason to do anything. And in fact, like the more the older and more disillusioned I get, like because it's interesting is kind of the only answer of worth doing most things is like, yeah, like because if it's not interesting, I can probably find a way around it. Like if yeah. I think about it enough. Yeah, for sure. That That's like kind of where I got with training where, you know, I got into the spot where I was super fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. The fascination though was like my potential. Right. Right. I was like, oh fuck, I could really and that that's where I think most people want to get. Right. Right. They want to get to this point where they're like lifting heavy weights or running fast times. They're mm-hmm. like they're doing things and they're like they're feeling quote unquote fit. Mm. And there was a time period, I think it was while I was in Detroit, where right. I was like oh shit, I have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Like, And I could like feel it almost every day. Mm-hmm. And you're training with other people who are realizing even greater potential. And you're starting to see like, man, if I work at it, I could hit this number and I could right. run this time or I could beat this person or I could compete in this event mm-hmm. and win. And you're like, that is what is held up as the epitome of training. Right. And you can't um, necessarily sustain that for a really long time. Right. Because in order to, you really are pushing, 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 and one injury happens and maybe some numbers dip or some time off, it means you're building back up to a, like diminishing returns. Right. Especially as age starts to come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get enough injuries. And I've been pretty lucky. None of my injuries have been super serious minus like the elbow fracture and some right. other things. But I've had enough reoccurring injuries overuse injuries, stuff like that, where you go, okay, um, I'm not going to last forever. Right. Um, And how, I don't know how many, how many years am I going to be able to like snatch in the, you know, heavy 200s, Mm -hmm. like the 285 snatch thing. And that's like, I use that because I love doing, that's not hard for me to get motivated to do that movement because it feels good. Mm -hmm. But eventually you're like, "Mm, man, 265 is really taking me for a ride. And then right, it's right. like 255 feels like two, it feels like my old max. And you're like, right. oh, okay, this is the age decline. Mm-hmm. So I have no, if I, if that number starts decreasing, why the fuck am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- then I hit that wall off the back end of potential in the, in the late thirties for me. And like, especially for the past four years where, you know, a couple of those years I was just showing up kind of begrudgingly. Right. And like training hard. And sometimes I would train hard just to fuck somebody else up. Right. But I would end up fucking myself up. <laughs> and it was just like, this isn't going to last. And then I was like, okay, let's like rebuild something, right. rebuild the system and really pay attention to what's important. Do I need a big back squat? I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like the movement. I don't like how it feels to train it. I don't need it for competition. Right. That's out. That's like the first thing that goes out for right. me. Uh, deadlifting. 
Um, I could deadlift like, you know, sure. Once every six months or something, that's Mm -hmm. fine. I can keep that kind of stuff in some like really like basic strength stuff. And I just started doing inventory of, I need a lot of mileage though. I need to like ride a bike a lot. I need to like run a lot. I need a lot of volume to make up for some other things. So that started to dictate my training, but it was still kind of flat and it didn't get interesting again, probably until um, I saw Keegan take one of my ideas and he changed it a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's clever. Right. And then I was like, okay, I, I think I got to try that workout. Right, right. So then I wanted to do that workout and he saw what I did and then he would try it my version. And we would go back and forth and it'd be right. like, oh, you got to try this. You got to try this. So it became kind of like not a one-upsman thing, but definitely like the only reason we were training super hard was to try to like see who could be trickier with their format. Right. Well, that like, was interesting. I mean, it goes back to, you know, go fast, go, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you mm-hmm. want to go far, go with friends. Yeah. And that, that idea of like, you know, we get stuck in viewing something either through the lens of what we like or what we need for a sport. And that becomes like the formula. And it yep. takes someone else to kind of shake us up a little bit and give us this like a new formula or even mm-hmm. just be like to ask a smart question and be like, oh, I don't know. And like all the trainers that I, I really respect, w- they say I don't know a lot and mm-hmm. they also don't like saying I don't know. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I'm going to go find out now. And so to be like, oh, what does that feel like? It's like, ooh, I don't know what that feels like. Yeah. Like, I'm, I have to go do it now so I can answer that question. Like, I don't like answering the question of, oh, well, so I read this or so-and-so told me this. Like, I've done so many stupid diets in my life because I don't like, so I'm like, is this diet any good? I'll read it. And if I can flatly be like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes even when it is a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. it might be interesting. Sure. And I'm willing to have, um, to do ridiculous things if they're interesting. I mean, it comes back to the overall, my overall approach to, I think a lot, a lot of things, mm. um, no matter what the subject is, is you, I, I want to be realistic with what I think I understand and how accurate that understanding is. And so... Uh, most people probably don't do this, but I think it's a helpful exercise to, to to try to understand how accurate your perception of everything you know is. Absolutely. And so if I do inventory and I go, okay, um, this is what this is my worldview mm-hmm. on politics, on religion, on spirituality, on training, on physical fitness, on nutrition. You you take every subject, mm-hmm. and I think about. And I I had a really good teacher when I was a hairdresser that was like, how much do you think you know about hairdressing in hair school? And I was like, well, this is a trick question because there's probably a lot that I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I know a lot about chemical composition. I know a lot about structure and architecture of how hair goes. And he goes, awesome. And he's like, so in this circle, these are all the, he drew like a little diagram. This is everything that can be known about hair, but Mm -hmm. in the subject this is the circle that can encompass this encompasses all knowledge Mm -hmm. any knowledge that exists in the universe is in this circle Mm -hmm. how much of that do you know and understand right and he's talking like you know from that perspective 
if you're talking about like hydrogen ions being a you know covalent bond for something you're right. like do you know what that means like do, <laughs> uh-huh. do i've to, i've said these words and you've acknowledged that you recognize the words but if we looked at a microscope or you know something would you be able to identify the particle right. no okay so you don't know that right so what do you know? I know that this color is X or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it goes into the specifics. And by the time you get done, man, he makes you really insecure about what you know. But that was the fucking point. Right. It's like a dot. And mm-hmm. you're like, this is what you know and understand. And here's what there is to know. Mm-hmm. Now go out there and be really humble. Mm-hmm. Right. Like understand, you know, fucking nothing. Right. And so I've tried to like kind of put that on every little thing. And when it comes down to it, there, I don't know that much, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in fact, even if I sound like I know something, in the same time, I'm like, God, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, I recognize these words and I'm repeating them because right. I heard them somewhere. So I started to recognize in training spaces, most of the things, uh, you know, especially a couple of years ago, most of the things that I know somebody else told me was true. Right. And I trusted that person. That's right. what we call an educator. Mm-hmm. Someone educated me, mm-hmm. which means... I don't know. I just remembered what they told me, and now I uh, remembered it. Mm. I don't know it. Right. That distinction is really important, but there are some things I do know. I do know how to build endurance. I do know how to build strength, albeit for me and maybe you know a dozen other right. couple people that I've seen through a very specific mm-hmm. uh, progress. Um, that makes me an expert, and I look at it like... <laughs> Are you fucking out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Like I'm an expert? No. That that's ridiculous. Like that that means that that so quickly diminishes what I think of myself and the world that I'm in. And although it's like kind of gratifying to be like, oh, I've reached this stage where a lot of people respect my opinion, I also see that kill my desire to like improve myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really real trap that I was falling into Mm -hmm. because so many people were like, oh, what should we do? What, how should I do it? What you tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. And that becomes like a, I don't want to tell people what to do. Right. That's not my job. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to be, I, this, maybe this is, this is the premise for the space program. I want people to be so interested in what we're doing that they quit copying it and they try, they quit copying what we're doing and they try to mimic how we're doing it. Yes. Um, like the amount of people who will like ask me, it's like, oh, well, what was, what was that barbell complex? Like, how did it go? And they're like, pull out a pencil. And it's just like, I, what, I made it up looking at you that day. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and like even just going back and notes, oh, you know, wh- how did this one go? And it's just like, I, that's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. And now again, at a certain point in your growth, like they're building blocks. Mm-hmm. And so you need the building blocks. Um, a studying martial arts, like we always talked about it, like learning a language. Yeah. And that like initially you get some vocabulary and like, I love it in dance. They talk about movement as vocabulary. And so, so you get some vocabulary and then you get some like, you know, some sentences that yeah. someone gives you of like, Oh yeah, where is the bathroom? Like how to, how to say certain things, how to string mm-hmm. certain things together. And, conversational language is being able to like instead of like looking at a flow chart and be like oh shit like you know they they said this they said it weird and so i don't know what my next sentence is 
um, we need to have that experience, that volume of, of training and doing things well and doing things poorly and borrowing other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like we become fluent in that sense of like, oh, I can conjugate, I can, I can yeah. string words together. And then at a certain level, you can write poetry where it turns into being like, this word means something else. But if I use it in this clever, yes, it's clever or it's, um, it's insightful. Where yeah. it's like, oh, that wasn't what, that wasn't what that's for. But the way you used it made me see things differently, made me experience things differently. Like, uh, poetry is like the idea of like being using language to put someone in an emotional state. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like I want to give you information that manipulates you emotionally. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not just about like the information given. It's like to properly understand what I want to say you need to be in a, an emotional state before you hear the words. Yeah. And so by using certain language to manipulate someone's emotional state, now they can absorb the information or they, they can hear what I'm saying the way I want them to hear it. And I look at training the same way. Yeah. And it's just like, I need you to have an experience so we can have a conversation. And yeah. it's really difficult to give someone a list of workout stuff three by ten dead bugs you're yeah like, i don't get it yeah and i mean it's it, the same thing would be a a, a recipe where it's just yeah. like buy all this stuff and it's mm-hmm. just like a lot of very meticulous things have to happen the space mm. program for me has been a super fun experiment of trying to verbalize all the weird little things that i want to see done mm-hmm. in order to get someone into a certain emotional state where they they can walk away from an experience and be like I felt something different. I felt something new or interesting. Did you did you ever do that terrible? It was like a DT kind of variant that we did. It was like um, your your body weight in calories, and then uh, every two minutes, one round of dumbbell DT. No, that across the board. Um, it didn't matter what language and training you spoke. <laughs> it said this, fuck you. Right. It was like, uh-huh. it was terrible. It was still to this day. I think people are like, that was the worst thing we've ever done in here mm-hmm. because you get into this point where you're like, if I don't, f-, it, it trapped people right. and it made you either like reject it and either quit, which you're not going to quit in here. Most right. people just know not to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's It's like, and I don't know why it's so terrifying. Maybe it's just like, the perception is too real about mm-hmm. what that says about yourself, but people can't quit, but then it makes you dig in. There's no escape right? because the slower I go, the worse it gets right. actually. Mm-hmm. And if I actually dig in, I can get through it. And it just caused this weird thing, but it goes back to like, I wanted people to feel trapped. Right. I wanted them to feel what I was feeling. I mean, you could say in life. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe that's what my exercises, my my quote unquote training looks mm. like. It's like this is how I feel about life. Mm. I feel like it's hard. I feel like it stabs you in the back. I feel like some points are blissful, but they're not long enough to make up for how the pain and suffering comes mm. up with it. That could be like this weird thing. But to go back to kind of how you're talking about language, and I think Neil Postman talks about this a little bit. Is like every subject is a language subject. Right. Every subject is, you know, what are the nouns and verbs and the structure to mm-hmm. the language? And do we agree on the definitions of these things? And then what we're talking about is, okay, yeah, yeah. 
definite. That's why you come to a symposium. We're defining endurance. We're defining right. strength. We're defining. That's what our practical books have to do with right this is why we change the name from power endurance to capacity etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. that way when we agree on it we can get to what i think the spo- space program is the space program is metaphor mm-hmm. and it's poems and it's jokes mm-hmm. like those are the hardest <laughs> structures in language. language yeah you need to be fluent in order to understand what i'm talking about and admittedly i didn't understand this Mm -hmm. i may have subconsciously understood it because when people talk i know what they do or don't understand but i didn't understand it in in like retrospect in compared to what we're doing which is we're very fluent with the language when you tell me a prescription for what you made somebody do i'm like oh or i go oh that's interesting. Or if I don't get it, I'm like, what don't I get about this? Right. And then I get curious. Right. But I won't admit that to you. <laughs> I'll go do the workout and then mm. be like, I know what you're talking about. Right. Like I went and understood. Yeah. And that is different from tell me what to do. 100%. And I think that like, again, that's why that's why I still love what I do. That's mm-hmm. why this is so interesting to me. That's why coming out here all the time is mm-hmm. so good for me is again, it's a chance to play with language. Mm-hmm and um to to play with those questions um there's definitely some workouts that feel like a joke halfway through that (laughs) (laughs) did i get the punchline (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's in that that whole thing too of like to find different ways to say the same thing um it's i mean i love fiction and reading fiction because you're finding different ways to say the same thing and same in quotes. Cause it's just like, Oh, well this, when, when it said this way, there's a little more weight to it. There's a little more loss. Like this is a joke, but you can ke- tell that it's coming from a place of hurt, but, yeah. but also like acceptance. And it's just like, there's some really, really subtle nuance in language. If someone uses it well, uh, th- this is kind of the funny thing about the fiction part of it. Right. Um, that, that narrative is so important. That's why I think a lot of people, when you look back at fi- great fiction writers, mm-hmm. you're like, actually they were the most accurate historians, right? Right. Like the Huxley's and the Orwell's mm-hmm. they're capturing something that was so true mm-hmm. that it seemed fiction. Uh, the, the idea of trying to rob I, well, essentially just like in writing, like, I mean, again, Neil Postman, mm-hmm. but like talking about textbooks as being heartless mm-hmm. because they're, they're being dishonest in the sense that they're, they're being written from a sense of like, I don't exist as the author. Right. This is factual reporting. And it's just like, um, even as simple as like, uh, hearing hearing stories about uh, the guy who invented the Dewey Decimal System. Mm-hmm. Did you listen yeah, to that? Yeah, and, did, and like, like it the idea of like there was structural racism but in the sense of like his source of information mm-hmm. was leveraged pretty heavy on white anglo-saxon protestants and yeah. so like he didn't know what he didn't know and so like the idea of like oh that's that other stuff that there are no books about right now so i'm not going to give it a big space in my system and it's just like well you didn't go looking for it but also like you're having a hard enough time organizing what what was available like you were trying to solve an issue, mm-hmm. but it's, it's interesting, like without some sort of context, you're like, oh, this guy's a villain. Yeah. yeah and it's just like, sure. well, maybe, but not necessarily for that. I mean, I think anybody who starts doing the space program mm-hmm. and, and, and really like 
doing it, doing it, we'll start to think that we're villains. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, that's funny that uh, the, the language thing too. The, uh, I can't remember where this was at. It was an older book that mm. I was reading and it, man, it kind of blew my mind when it, when it came to it, probably because we're going through some like Scandinavian history mm-hmm. shows and like, it's highly fictional, but it's also kind of like entertaining to right. see. Uh, that's my heritage is like Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. and Wales and, and Norwegian. So when these two cultures collided, there's some interesting things that were happening. So you had, um, speaking of language, you have this very weird thing that happened where all of the terms for breakfast uh, or cooked meat mm-hmm. are a different variety of Anglo-Saxon because they were taken over by a different uh, I forgot what the uh, I forgot what the next rulers were, but what essentially happened is they enslaved them, and so they were the cooks. Oh, <laughs> so how food was talked about? Right. There's a word, and that goes towards a different culture, and then there's another word for the cooked variety because mm. the slaves were essentially the cooks, and right. they would use their own language for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like this really bizarre, interesting thing that you're like. That gives so much life to why there's a difference in like what you would say uh, veal and beef and steak and like, oh, that's why there's so many different names from it because you're like this collision of culture. And without that heritage, you can't appreciate it, right? Mm -hmm. When you learn the words, like you learn the definitions and you learn these things, you're like, Okay, whatever. It doesn't make any like. Right. Why is it called that? And nobody knows because all the all the character and all the like personality, mm-hmm. the personal aspect, which is every aspect. Right. Um, without a experiential observer, there is nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And so when you take that out and you just try to give people information, it loses its meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think what we're doing is trying to bring life back into what I think is such a dead system, right. which is just um, a variation of, you know, verbs and nouns that are on a, you know, run uh, with barbell or whatever. Right, and right. someone reads it, <laughs> you can run with a barbell, but that's just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. That, that's a how That's how lifeless it is. Yeah, so you're yeah. just like, okay, what do I do with the dumbbell? Okay, I jump. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's verb, noun, verb, noun, verb, noun. And what we're saying is like, yes, use verbs and nouns, mm-hmm. but let's rhyme. Let's yeah. like, let's do a soliloquy. Let's like, mm-hmm. let's put some life and character and some actual experience into this process. And what comes out of it isn't necessarily an athlete, right? right? Uh, what I think you get if you if you if you take our premise and you and you treat it how what. I intend to do it, especially now that I'm trying to like articulate what's going on. I think if you do what we're talking about, you understand the roots and the very basic language mm-hmm. and you know that what I would say, quote unquote, the education part right. of it, and then you apply it how we're telling you to try to apply it. Um, I think once you get it and you start to add your own experience into it, you get artistry out of it. Right. What we're saying is like if you train really hard and you think really hard and you observe what you're doing what will come out of you is like oh i had this experience with this thing and mm-hmm. you will captivate not only other people but yourself right you'll be like oh that's so wild that i was thinking this while i was doing this workout right last night was a perfect example of that so i just needed to do, we just i don't know we we're just like oh, i just want to spend on a bike for a minute mm-hmm. 
And I think I was answering emails or something. I looked down and I saw 10 minutes and I was like, well, I know that I could just spin for 20 minutes right. or 30 minutes. That doesn't do much for me, mm. right? Like it does, it does the mechanical right, right. action. And I was like, I'm going to ladder this. Yeah. And I was thinking originally I was going to do like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And then I didn't know, maybe mm. five, five. Right. And I got on the runner and I wasn't warm yet. And right. so my like knees felt weird. Mm. So I ran for two minutes. Right. And immediately the structure revealed itself. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm going to run for 10 minutes or I'm going to, I'm going to bike for 10 minutes, run for two, come back, bike for eight, come back for four, four and yeah. warm into the long mm. segment so I can get an hour. Right. And now... I would have never just done an hour outright. And I never actually would have done any of that mm -hmm. unless I just started pedaling and started thinking while I was doing it. Right. That felt much like what it's, uh, if I sit down to write a thing down, mm -hmm. I want to say this, that's one way to do it. But if I sit down and just start writing and see what comes out right. and I don't try to control the subject and I mm -hmm. don't try to put any boundaries on it, mm. I will get something so much different. Right. Like I could have never written that, mm. even though it fits a similar schedule, a similar like descending ladder, ascending ladder. We do all that stuff all the time. Right. I would have never landed on how useful that workout was. Right. Now I want to share that session as mm. a way like, why is this useful? Anybody can go out and run for like an hour, bike for an hour. Right. I'm not saying that it's better or worse, but when you start to understand what limits you, mm -hmm. like I get bored or I get this or I get, you know, or, you know, if my knee hurts or I'm not warmed up properly, I'm just going to quit because I don't know what else to do. Right. Here's a way to interact with yourself so that you don't stop moving. Yeah. I think, uh, again, with the space program, I think this is a really interesting way forward because so many times like, people want well, what's the workout? What's the workout? And it's just like, it's like the, you know, the behind the curtain is just like, uh, people will ask me like, Oh, what are we doing tomorrow? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> ask me tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, listen, like you're going to show up and mm -hmm. everyone else who I'm training is going to show up and we're going to warm up and talk mm -hmm. about how you're feeling. And like, you know, the last time you rolled and what didn't work and where, where you're feeling strong, and where you're feeling weak, mm -hmm. like that, that warm up that we do where you think we're just, you know, like shooting the shit before the workout starts, like that's where everything is happening. Yeah. And then even then, like once it starts, I don't write stuff down anymore usually before I start mm -hmm. a session because then uh, there's a potential that I'll get trapped because I wrote something down. I'm like, oh, well, it's on the board. I'm not a fucking quitter. Yeah. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And there's sometimes where it's like, I wrote something stupid down because I didn't have the information back to like with you mm -hmm. um, riding a bike and then, you know, doing emails and getting kind of fidgety and just be like, you know what? I want to get on the the runner and be like, Ooh, this doesn't, my knees need some more warm up. Mm -hmm. So this is how I'm going to structure it. Like I was just riding the bike mm -hmm. and it was super interesting because every time I've been riding a bike recently, um, headphones on mm -hmm. audiobook or podcast and just like very, um, almost dissociative, like, okay, I, I got to get it down. I got to get the, this mm -hmm. in. And so the altitude change always feels different for me. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, my sleep's always weird, but so I was pedaling and it just like, just the thoughts that are running in my head with no music, no, nothing else. And just like, I need to just sit here mm -hmm. at this pace. And it's just like, yeah, it was just 40 minutes. And then it was just like playing the game of being like, okay, 30 minutes might be okay. And then yeah. it's like, well, 
I have 260 calories. Like I should probably do 300 calories. Yeah. And then like, then it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like getting gas. It's like, well, okay, 45 minutes, but like, or like, okay, I got 500 calories, but uh, 45 minutes is like just three more minutes away. And so yeah. like, maybe I'll just go to that. And just like the little games that we play. Yep. But that, that recognition of being able to identify like, what is my limiting factor here? Mm-hmm. And so many times when it's not fitness, it's that like, this is too boring for this to, for it to be this uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, and then it's like, okay, well, how do I make it more interesting? And that little change is like, okay, now I'm willing to hurt to learn this now. Yeah. And I think that's something that makes me really frustrated and sad is like talking to people who tell you they want, they want something. And then it's like, okay, well, what are you willing to do to get it? Right. It's like, I, you saw, I wrote you an email, like, give me. <laughs> Like I, I did what I was willing to do, so give it to me. This is the exchange. I was like, no, like, like I don't think you can't get off that easy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this lesson costs, and I think that that's uh, again, it's kind of masochistic, and it's but it's fun in here. Just be like, okay, I want to learn that, and I think that's also the fun part about fitness, is like, you don't get to. It, it doesn't matter who you know, like you might get there a little faster because you know the right people, but you don't get around the work. And I think that that's, there's a, such an allure to that of just like, no, you don't get to, I don't, your bank account doesn't matter here. Like yeah. your willingness to do the thing. That, that's kind of funny. So, so we've been like, we haven't been an open, like you've had a gym that's established. You have a schedule, you mm. have train. You, you have like an established thing and we have not done that. Right. We have opened up so that people can come in and train at specific times. Mm-hmm. But this is where we get weird is like, I've never made it official because at any one point I want to be able to end it. Right. Right. I, I want that. And I want people to know that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's one of the most powerful things. Right. And I can see it. Um, if people see, like, Kate will make this distinction all the time. She'll be like, oh, man, I'll come in and you're angry mopping. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> She's like, are we going to not be in this gym anymore? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You 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 interpreted my attitude perfectly. Right. Which is, I'm not happy with how things are working out. Um you guys are getting something, but I'm not right. Like you're, you're getting exercise facilitated for you, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting the thing I need, which right. is not money. If right. it was money, I would, I would do scale. Yeah. I would scale. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I would, I would do something a little bit more massive, mm-hmm. but for me, these like little interactions with people, that's the important part for me. 100%. I want them to come in. I want them to be curious about what we're doing. I don't want them to have any input on the outcome mm-hmm. as in i don't want them to influence me as in oh i feel oh their legs are hurt so we're going to do upper body now mm-hmm. i do like i adjust things based right. off of intelligently not wanting to drive people into the ground <laughs> um and that's why every saturday pretty much the goal is like hopefully nobody shows up right my goal is to get to saturday and everybody has gotten what they needed throughout the week so Mm -hmm. we started a certain way we hit certain things and by friday everybody is just fucked right and that way you like you get two days off if you did it right Mm -hmm. or more more or less here you should have like five days off a week you get two days off because they did it right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so some i mean some saturdays we get it right Mm -hmm. right like one person shows up Mm -hmm. and they're like where is everybody and we're like they came last night 
And they're mm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and this becomes like this up and down. This becomes a relationship with me and training people in in uh, in person. It was like, it's for me to fuel now the space program. That's right. the only reason I do it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would get rid of everybody. And we've talked about that. I've talked about doing an apocalyptic human sacrifice, <laughs> which is, you know, hey, the attitudes in here are not what I need them to be in order to drive me to be better. So everybody's gone, Mm -hmm. right? Like the good news is that you don't have to come back here. Right. The bad news is that I'm accepting applications Mm -hmm. to come back in here. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like a steak knives moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I I think holding that possible, and the, the big thing is like, is that a useful teaching tool? And I was like, it's useful for me because it keeps me honest. At some point, I have to go, am I doing this still for the right? Is this keeping me curious? Right. And mixing with different personalities has been really good too because I go, I want to I want to do this thing. And then you look across the room and you see who's here and it's a big mix of people. Mm-hmm. Some people are just always chomping the bit. Right. Some people are always trying to leave. Mm-hmm. Some pe- And there's like this big broad spectrum of people and you're like, can I get the thing that I'm curious about? Can I get them curious about it? Right. And usually the answer is yes, if we do it right. And that's what I think I want the space program to be. I want people to see kind of, and it's not every, you know, that's one of the reasons I branch out. That's like why I love you doing a big chunk of it mm. is that you are so different in your approach. Mm. Um, but it captures the same feeling. Because mm. what I didn't want it to be was Michael Blevins training program. Right. That's the last thing that I want. Right. The, I think the best weeks are one where I only write one or two workouts right. at the most. I I trust selfish motivation. Like <laughs> if someone tells me that they're doing this for everyone, mm-hmm. there's my, my first <laughs> my first response is like, like you're not being honest with me is the best case. Though what's worse than that is you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. And then I can't trust you. Because like you don't even know why you're doing things, and that makes you a liability for the, my in my life. This is not to like, you know, wormhole. That's my problem with doctors. Oh yeah, I just wanted to help people. Like, no, you didn't. no, you want to get rich, yeah, or be prosperous. You yeah, want, like, and I can you can do that in the least morally objectionable way possible. Mm-hmm. But that is a very different thing than I just want to help everyone. <laughs> or just honest about it. Why'd you become a doctor? They make bank, bro. Yeah. I wanted to buy a Range Rover. Like yeah. that thing, that's okay to admit those kind of things. Well, and then it, it's useful because then when I'm talking to you, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and... Um, what do you think your motivation is? My motivation? Yeah, like what's your honest assessment of what you do as a professional? Um, I like to feel smart. Yeah. I like to have interesting conversations mm-hmm. uh i'm a bit of a control freak yeah um but i don't want to be and so in in essence i want to have everything the way i want it mm-hmm. but i don't want to have to enforce it and therefore i think i want everyone to know what it's like to be inside my head <laughs> because everything i do feels completely logical from where i'm sitting and so i want everyone to do what i want them to do without me having to tell them to do it. And the easiest way to do that is like, come inside my brain for a second. (laughs) And I'm going to make you feel what it is like to live inside this. And then I'm going to be like, now go do everything right, which is the way I would do it. (laughs) And like, 
I don't know. I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm no. saying I think that is probably the most honest answer. Yeah. Um, and like, I love doing what I'm doing because like in the space program, I can get a break from myself yeah. and do someone else's thing and be like, this is what it's like to live inside Michael's brain. Um, or just come into the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that idea of like, it's, <laughs> it's sharing mm-hmm. in, you know, a weird and awful way, but it's also like, I like the idea of, of growth and change and internal dialogue and questions and of, paying for questions because mm-hmm. yeah i <laughs> they feel earned that way yeah well mm-hmm. i mean again though we were talking about it before but like that dumb part of my brain that is like oh this is you know that uh bollinger motors where it's just like this is an electric vehicle without airbags and no screens <laughs> and it's extra expensive because of that and you're like i want it and i'm I paying hate... for not that yeah and it's like <laughs> i kind of hate the fact that it works on me it does but it, every time it does and so just like oh this is this is harder and more expensive and you're like sign me the fuck up and they're like you can't sign up you're like damn it i want it twice now. this is the captivation with minimalism though right right like minimalism is so hard as an aesthetic either right. architecturally design interior design wise uh-huh. or it just will say aesthetics yeah man for something to be minimal and profoundly inspiring is the I don't know. I think that is the highest degree of design. Right. Where you don't understand how they did it. Mm -hmm. This is my, I guess this is my, my hope and wish, my egomania. Right. Right. I want people to look at what I've done and be like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. And that would be like, it's like, it's a minimalist approach. Right. That's kind of either that, or I want people to think that I'm a religious leader. No, that's fair. Um, and yeah, I mean, the recognition is definitely there. The problem is, is like, I'm very selective of whose recognition matters. Mm. And therefore, it's also like, I want credit, but not from you. But that's the intelligent side of it. Because mm-hmm. I think if you're, uh, if you if you just take any old compliment, right. it's a problem. Right. Like, you're a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, because you're needing something to feel good. Like, if... If certain people compliment me on my writing, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Like, that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. If certain people are like, wow, I'm like humbled by it. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. Now I have to, now I have to replicate that or I have mm-hmm. to like try harder. Right. It's almost like it, it actually, it does the opposite of what it's intended to do. Mm-hmm. It does not boost my confidence. It actually gives me something higher to live up to, which right. I'm terrified of. Right. And so you get this, I think that's an intelligent aspect of like trying to understand who is communicating what to you. And it's all, it's all relative. Well, it's interesting that you had mentioned that. Cause it's just like, it is, cause I think we're very much the same in the sense of like a few things that have like someone gave us a void, uh, a vote of confidence that is now like, on one level, like a burden that we're terrified of, mm-hmm. but also it's like, well, that was also the goal from the beginning. Yeah. And now the bar is just higher and I hate it. But... I felt so bad for you when I heard that Mark asked you to write the forward. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was good in the sense of it's what I needed. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it, it brought a level of focus that I was unwilling to give to myself. This might describe what my like, you know, maybe 
subconscious hope is for something like this, which Mm -hmm. is like, if I ask somebody to contribute, I'm hoping they can step in to what I'm don't want to actually like be descript about, Mm -hmm. right? Like you do it perfectly. Um, there's, uh, we've gone through some people that like hit on it, then they didn't quite get it. Mm -hmm. Um, some coaches and a lot of coaches have been good, but the idea, the basic premise for the space program was all I care about is that it's interesting Mm -hmm. and that you have an idea, a paragraph about why you thought something, Mm -hmm. right? Just, just one, it could, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be much, but it should be. I did this because, or Mm. I set out to do this and here's how it's different. Right. Or this is exactly what I wanted and this is how I got that to happen. Mm -hmm. Just something, a confirmation of either unknowing, misknowing, or knowing. Right. And it doesn't take much, but I think if if you can articulate an idea, an intent behind an action, it has so much more power behind it. Yeah. It's well, like holy fuck! They knew what they were talking about. Like you know, I because I whenever I read something that someone else wrote, like workout wise, it's mm-hmm. just like, well, why, why that, why that, why that? And like, I mean, we talked about it with like the German volume training mm-hmm. and just how much of these like training things that we've you know grown up looking at, and it's just like that was someone's notes after the fact. Yeah, and then you're like, you have a piece of the puzzle. It's like, well, why did you do that workout that day? It's like, oh, because he was hungover. And so, like, <laughs> like, and so we did this workout. It was like, oh, it was like, well, you did a D-Lo day, like the, the fourth Sunday. And it's just like, uh, yeah, we went out Saturday night and like had too many, like too many tacos. Yeah. And now, like, so we kind of did a light, like cardio and then some bench and it's just like, and that made it to the program yeah. as do this and then this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so much stuff. It just like, and so like what I loved about the, the twist on the space program is just like, this is what I did. This is why, mm-hmm. like, this is what I did. I was curious. This is what I did. And it didn't work out the way I wanted to. <laughs> and something else happened though, that might be worthwhile or yeah. like, Hey, I did this. It was stupid. Do it this way instead. So I wrote a workout. It was just last week. Right. Um, I did it just to poke at one person individually in here, <laughs> just to like light them up because uh, because I wanted to, yeah, and I feel like they were getting a little lackadaisical, mm-hmm. and also um, they were late a couple times, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, I see you, mm-hmm. and this is not going to be a fun experience. Like this is m- specifically made so that you do not have a fun experience. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that away from right. you, <laughs> and I'm going to show you how I can do that. Right. What's funny is doing that. I don't know if it was the workout or the doing of or like the giving of the workout that made it one of my favorite sessions I've ever done. Right. Not only predicting that this person would quit, but also that I would love it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I now I'm like, man, that was such a good session. And it lit this thing off in my brain where now I'm like thinking of how many ways to like make this one thing work out. Like it's a very simple formula, but it's like what I like cardio pump. Like I would, I need some, I need some cardiovascular movement, but I also kind of want to pump. How can I trick myself? And then also I need to work on some things, Mm -hmm. grip and strength and awkward stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I put it out as like two times body weight in calories, aerobic stuff. Right. Um, 
And then after you get through that, that's the cash in. Mm -hmm. That can be extreme depending on, if you're a heavy person, you're going to be there for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And it goes right into uh, your body weight in reps of dumbbell bench press at 50% your body weight. Mm -hmm. Every time you break, you start a ladder of rope climbs. Mm -hmm. It, It was one of the more fun sessions I've done. A, because it a little bit caught me off guard. Like I knew it would be hard, but mm-hmm. I was thinking I could bust out on that first set of bench press. I was like, I'm going to get 50. <laughs> when I only got 35, I was like, help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, voice, yeah. that voice went off and I went, oh shit, I'm going to do 55 rope climbs. That was my oh, yeah. first worry. I was like, this is going to be 10 sets. This is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't quite there. It was like seven sets, but that's still, you know, 30 something rope climbs. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was going on in the room around it was fantastic because I think some people really pick up on my intention for stuff. Mm -hmm. Other people are so terrified of it. They just are scared into doing right well. And other people back away and shy away from it completely. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I like all of the mix. Everybody, everybody's accepted here. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's pain is equally interesting. Well, is interesting. It's Maybe interesting. not equally interesting, but Kate fucking went for it. Yeah. She used two 40 pound fucking dumbbells. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Like, but that was accurate. That's right. what the, the workout described. And mm-hmm. other people were like, I can't do 50% of my body weight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. And the answer isn't like, get out. The answer right. is like, do what you think is best. And that is usually a lot of how, and I wrote about one of these sessions in, in the space program is like, I like to put stuff forward knowing that it's going to go south, that it's not going to yeah. work out how it was intended because they are not capable of it. Mm-hmm. And when something falls apart, how do they handle it Right. without asking me to give them specific instructions? Mm-hmm. And so one of these things was like, you're supposed to do this amount of work in this amount of time. I knew at least half of the people wouldn't be able to hold up that work. Right. Would they just stop? Mm-hmm. And the answer was like, the people that I trust to come in here, they calculated what they missed they moved on and at the end of the session they finished their work nice and i was like see i don't you don't have to specifically ask people and i i think that that's the the other thing that i find missing in so many training programs is like the 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 recognition that like okay you do the program because you want an end result Mm -hmm. and uh i had written about it before but we're too focused on training being uh, we always talk about build a better body or build a bigger yeah. engine or whatever. And it's just like engineering is a bad model for physical fitness because if you and I had the same blueprint mm-hmm. and we were both like similarly competent, we would make the same building from the same blueprint. Yeah. But biology is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's a lot more akin to gardening, uh, to growing something where it's just like you, you test the soil, you see what's there, you, and it's just like, uh... you can't, you can't get a blueprint for how to make your garden go. You have yeah. to listen. It's a conversation. It's a back and forth. And so, two, and it also has to do with sustainability, not an endpoint. Yeah, because it's just like like this. I I need to take care of this because like I want to give it to my children, or in our case, it's like I want to be old and still healthy enough to yeah. have experience. Mm. And so, the idea of a garden is super useful because also like the good gardener isn't the one who's going online and emailing all the other gardeners and be like, Hey, tell me what you did today. <laughs> and it's just like, that's a fucking idiotic way forward. Yeah. But it seems logical for fitness. Cause it's like, well, I want to bench press too. And you bench press. So like, you know, if I asked, 
uh, Barzine. Yeah, what yeah. He, like, <laughs> what was your workout yesterday? I that it's not useful for me. Yeah, it's interesting for me to listen to what he said, and then what I have to do is think about who are you? What yeah. are you capable of? Yeah, like um, injuries, goals, all this other stuff, and then be like, what experience were you trying to have to mm. get you from where you're at to where you're going? And so. The big thing with the space program for me is like I can read someone's workout mm-hmm. before I read their notes, almost like a scientific paper. Yeah. I can read the workout and be like, what experience were they trying to have? Yeah, yeah. And then I can either do it myself or I can read their notes and be like, what experience did they want me to have? Right. When we, in, in my gym, when we talk about training, that's part of the the outline when we give like, here's the workout, here's the experience we're going for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't tell someone what the experience is because like (laughs) fun Mm -hmm. experience is to have an experience. But sometimes if we're trying to shoot for a goal, it's like, Hey, I want this to be uh, an issue with waste removal in your upper body. Therefore adjust the weights and rest accordingly because like the experience is what I care about. I don't care about if it was 40 pound dumbbells or 35 or thirties change them when it's appropriate, knowing that this is the experience we're seeking. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, you know whether how much water you put on your garden doesn't matter as long as it's the right amount (laughs) and that's i mean we get there pretty frequently because they're like how many sets do i do and the answer is usually do enough enough but not too much yeah (laughs) right like if you can't walk for three days probably too much right or you know if you were gonna not be here for three days maybe it's the right amount yeah there's no right or wrong answer um and that's what we try to get across to people because they they just want a formula they Mm -hmm. just want this like man i just want to be able to grow tomatoes so i can make the sauce that i want and you're like the easier thing there is to go buy the tomatoes 100 percent. get liposuction (laughs) <laughs> I've talked to people yeah. uh, who've emailed me and asked me to do distance programming for them. And usually I tell them no mm-hmm. um, to find someone local, like mm-hmm. find someone to hang out with. A few people I've been like, hey, I'm actually very interested if I can talk someone through learning how to write their own program Yeah, via email without meeting someone in person, just from back and forth. Yeah. Like how much, inf- how much can I help? And I've offered that to a few random people who've emailed me when I was feeling like, Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I have some time and I'm willing to be frustrated. So like, <laughs> I was like, how about this? No money. I'll see if I can help you through emails. And usually crickets after that. Like, no, I don't, I won't. And they, people who offered to pay me to write them a program. Mm-hmm. And instead I'm like, how about you don't pay me? And we talk about training and you write your own program and tell me what you're doing. This would be a Blair. So Blair is, uh, she's contributing a piece where she went back through her emails and notes of the last person she coached through ultra. Uh-huh. And she, it, it just became, she was like, it, it's no one cares about the end result. Right. Right. Like that is not the important thing. Mm. What they're, back and forth and i have some of the notes from it are Mm. so insane about the conversations right because blair wasn't telling her what to do she was teaching her how to feel right about certain things Mm -hmm. and so the questions that come back and and maybe this is only possible between two very i don't know um 
well-established female athletes that are very open about their right. experience mm-hmm. that I cannot see that happening between too many uh, too many people and like in your experience when you engage somebody at that level hey this is what I'm after and I think this could happen mm-hmm. people like oh man that's way too much investment well um I I sent it to you uh Joseph mm-hmm. uh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. Uh, I always cry knock. Yeah. I always pronounce his name wrong, but like amazing individual. And the was like willing to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I was laughing because we looked at our email exchange. And it's like, it's 3,500, you know, it's like we're 35,000 words in or whatever. And it's yeah. just like, we're about to get to the part where you go into a gym. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of stuff that we, we had these discussions, these very interesting discussions about, experience and feeling mm-hmm. and like like expectations and wants and all this other stuff and it was just like and he was game to have these discussions and it led to this really cool experience and then he drove up from Chicago and we worked out and I think for the first three hours we didn't actually work out we just yeah. continued talking and then we started moving a little bit and it was just like he didn't need me much after that it was yeah. just like he understood what he was supposed to feel mm-hmm. And then through that, it's like, oh, like anything I look at can um, can get me those feelings if I am self-aware enough to know like, oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. I know what I need. And so I can just, you know, grab what's available to me and create the experience that I need because I'm self-aware enough to know like sitting here to make to change my state, what I'm feeling right now. I need this certain experience and using the gym as a way to control my emotional sense mm-hmm. and my relationship with the people around me and with like the world is like, Oh, I'm missing certain feelings. The gym is a, it's a kitchen. Like mm-hmm. I can go throw together the meal that I need. That's going to make me not hangry anymore. <laughs> like, and I can, I can do that and I can control myself. And so I think that's, one of the things that I like sharing is the ability to like, hey, control yourself so other people don't have to deal with the fact that you don't know that your emotional state is ruining it for everyone around you. <laughs> and so in training people in the gym, you can see and feel those moments when your emotions start taking over, when when you start having a temper tantrum and yeah. to be a grown up and to be able to be like, I'm the problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is how I'm going to, this is, I'm going to pull back here. I'm going to push here. I'm going to change my approach and I'm going to make myself not the problem. Mm-hmm. And I find the gym is such a easy way to force a temper tantrum and then reel your, and then train reeling yourself back to elicit yes. a temper tantrum yes. out of those that might, might have one. Well, I am one that has one yeah, yeah, often. Sure. And yeah. it's just that like, now, usually, I can start laughing while training mm-hmm. because I saw the temper tantrum coming. And I'm just like, I'm a goddamn child. And then I can, <laughs> and just that experience is enough to make me in, like laugh, like, wow, good, good on you. And then I can start tweaking it. And in recognizing that it's happening, I can usually keep it from causing a problem. Yeah. And so, again, I love the gym as a, a practice of, pushing people to where it's like, oh, oh, it's right there. It's right there. The temper tantrum is, yeah. is bubbling out. And then like, okay, I'm going to stop pushing now. I'm going to stop poking. Yeah. And it's like, get it back. Like get it back under control. Mm-hmm. And so training to me is generally speaking uninteresting if it doesn't elicit that emotional response. That's so, that's so much like, uh, because we've been shooting a lot and trying to learn how to like 
you know, we're training ourselves how to shoot. Mm. The mo- the best part is that there's lots of people that could teach. There's lots of good gun people. Right. Especially around us. I don't yeah. know. Like we, we have like, it's like, <laughs> it's almost too much. Yeah. It is too much, but you have to pick, okay, what person am I going to resonate with? Like mm-hmm. who understands how I learn best? And it was immediately from the get go. Uh, I, I really liked uh, Luke's stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just like, it's how he talked about it. And it's also, he described himself as a shooter that worked really hard that will never be all that good. Right. Right. That, that just like to get the amount. And then obviously watch him shooting. You're like, he's not bad. <laughs> but also he understands what raw talent is. Right. And he understands how many rounds it took him to get there. Right. He's extraordinarily stubborn with bad habits sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's how he described me. It's like, awesome. That sounds like me. Right. Like I'm a bad learner in most cases. So he gave me some principles, but it was funny that the first thing that he wanted to get into my brain was how to diagnose my own shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how we do, like, how do you think about this? Right. And that was one of the concepts. And so how he did it was really fascinating because it wasn't about like precision shooting. He was like, let's dump some fucking mags. And it was like, <laughs> hold on for dear life and try to keep that gun down while it's fucking going right, all right, over right. the place and learn in the midst of it how to regrip the gun and readdress it while you're in the middle of shooting. Right. Now you understand like now you understand how to control the out of control thing right now let's talk about precision Mm -hmm. and so now that you can keep it in this boundary in Mm -hmm. the worst circumstances and you know how to fucking clamp that thing down now you understand control in this and and then it's like now there's tons of little variation lessons on like if it goes left or right or up or down Mm -hmm. and where your grip should be and all that stuff's fun and nuanced but it's like fascinating to 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 go shoot with him and you're like i'll go shoot and he goes okay what did it feel like mm-hmm. and you're like i feel like yeah, i did this and he goes cool that's accurate he goes that's not right right this is what happened and he's teaching you how to be more sensitive to it right so that i don't need him right and you're like fuck that is the person who gets it mm-hmm. and that is essentially what i want to get out of the space program is come here look at this there's 450 fucking workouts right. here go through the ones that look interesting in any order that you want or Mm. do the whole thing straight through. Don't care. Mm -hmm. But get to the point where you go, cool, I don't need you guys anymore. Like I understand your thing or maybe you helped me understand what thing I really wanted and then you go away. Mm. Or you just continue to use it like I do and I use other people. I go, what are you up to today? Mm -hmm. And I talk to, you know, Brad or Jason about how they're training and they're just doing these miserably long things. And I'm like, okay, I'm not into that. But when I do get into that, I'm like, Share with me what's like what's floating your boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brad would be like, I deadlifted 600 pounds for eight reps, and then I went and ran 10 miles. And you're like, Ugh. <laughs> okay, like maybe I'm. I I'll can't do, do my it. version yeah, of that. Yeah, I'll lift a heavy weight eight times, and then I'll go run yeah. six miles or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's those points where I know where I can go for a useful thought. Right. Right. Um, we have this guy Justin Seymour, who's in. I think he's in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, he came to one symposium a while ago. He, if I ever need a book, right. if I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just like not resonating. I buy a bunch of books mm-hmm. and I'll flip and I'm like, I don't want to read this right now. Nothing hits. I'll just email. I'm like, what are you reading? Right. And he'll send me a fucking list in 10 times out of 10. I'll find something in there. That's like, man, he knew exactly what I was looking for. Right. right. That's kind of what I want the space program to be like. Mm-hmm. 
you know what you should do. Right. Right. And then a couple times a week, you're like, what are these guys doing? And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's what I needed. That that hit the button that right, I was right. on to because they're kind of on the same wavelength. It's weird that you can talk. How long has it been? It's like an hour and 10 minutes. Right. And we can try our best to describe this thing and not mention actual exercises or rep schemes. <laughs> yeah. How, like, that baffles me that this isn't what people are talking about with fitness, about mm-hmm. what it's for. They're talking about, and the gardening analogy is perfect, actually, mm-hmm. because I think as soon as you said it, it was like, yeah, you're right. It's like this, you got to get your garden to a point, your body to mm-hmm. a point where you understand it, mm-hmm. right? And that way I can have it be fruitful. Right. If you're injured all the time and you're, not making progress or you're not consistent or you're not any of these things, just understand something's wrong with the process. The, mm-hmm. the, the foundation of your fitness process is probably messed up somewhere. Mm-hmm. It needs to be tweaked uh, big time in some cases. Like people who always start over. Right. Every six months they're starting over yeah. or whatever. Or the people that are always training super hard, but they're always fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Meh. like you got to address a couple things. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by people who can't heal injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you heal that? Um, if you're training to be better, you should be getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside, when you get to a point where you understand you have a stable fitness level, and I'm not saying it has to be good. Right. It's definitely, I'm out of shape for sure, comparatively. Because um, I can compare it to what I used to be, mm-hmm. and that's not useful. So I was like... <laughs> So I have a stable amount of fitness. I have some things that I need to work on and there's some things that I really want to improve and there's some things that I have to do just to stay normal. Um, now we're talking about how to sustain it, right? How mm. to how to continue to reap uh, a benefit out of a training program. Right. How can I continue to get something out of it? And I think the only way to do that is to, um, if if we say that like, from our gardening scenario, if fruit is like a PR or that's performance, mm-hmm. you know you're going to run out of fruit one day, yeah. right? So what then, it's like the difference is, I think my garden, I want like <laughs> birds and nature to right. enjoy it. I want, I want it to attract some kind of feature of nature. Right. I want people to like want to be around it, mm-hmm. which means it has to have like, just a, a kind of like a gravity to it. You're you're an old lady in a neighborhood, not a factory farm. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just want everyone to come to your garden and drink tea and like <laughs> tell stories. For have sure. a drum circle. Yeah. I'm super into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because once you realize what kind of thing you want, right. I don't need to waste time on trying to get the best fruit out of it. Right. Right. Because I know... Although it will happen every once in a while, right. like I'll pull something, be like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. You know, or I know because I'm like, oh, because I healed this injury or mm-hmm. I focused on it for a little bit. Um, and that's great. When I need fruit, I know how to get it. Right. But in the meantime, it's really interesting to see what the guard, what conversations come out of that garden. Yeah. Right. Like people will comment on it or people, it will make people think differently about how they get fruit. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about it. And mm-hmm. I think that's. Fuck, that's such a good analogy. Mm. Maybe that should go in a book somewhere. <laughs> Shit. Shit. I think we're good. On that note. Yeah, we got to get to fitnessing. We got to get to gardening.
Thank you, Berkey, for helping me try to explain what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>